As I told you earlier, today is Palm Sunday. It is the commemoration of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem, the last week of Jesus' life. So we're walking with Jesus this week through those last days, those last hours of his life. Uh, I loved the Palm uh, procession. It, I, I, my first ministry was as a middle school pastor, and I just sort of loved that. That was back when it was fun and no one yelled at me. But... Uh, Thank you for laughing at that. And, uh, um, and, and it is a time of celebration. But in, in, in many churches, uh, this Sunday is also called Passion Sunday uh, because uh, we want to, uh, I mean, if you just come to this Sunday and then come next Sunday, you, you miss the stuff in the middle. So we encourage you to come to Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. But if you don't, it's important that we come to this service also on Passion Sunday uh, in order to step into the gospel story right now. So as we prepare, Jesus has already been arrested, okay? So that's where we are right now. It's now Good Friday morning, and the Roman governor, Pilate, is sentencing Jesus. Hear these words from the gospel according to John. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I, I find no basis for a charge against him. And when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify him! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the pilot, back into the palace. Where did you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Well, from then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. 
Make another one, they said. Make it in a hurry. Gotta have it today, they said. He goes up with two thieves from Hebron. I don't know why you folks are here, but I'll tell you why I'm here. To build another one of these bloody crosses for these Romans, barbarians, scum of the earth barbarians. I know some of you have been there and they've crucified some of their criminals. Screams from those men as they drive the nails into their flesh. First their hands. And then their feet. I've been doing this job a long time now. And you'd think I'd get used to it after a while. But I haven't. Still wake up in the middle of the night from the nightmares in a cold sweat. Crucifixion. Death on the cross. It's ugly. It's bloody. It's pure living hell. Cold-blooded murder, if you ask me. Funny how they justify the murder of one by murdering another. Scum of the earth, barbarians, these Romans. Scum of the earth. A lifetime sentence in one of their stinky dungeons would be better than, than this torture. I've been building these Roman death trees for some two decades now. Crucifixion. What an idea. I swear by Julius Caesar, there ain't a worse way to die. Jesus. They call this man Jesus. And everything's been different since he came around here two, maybe three years ago. And now they're nailing him to a Roman cross. And even this has to be different. You know, I remember when my sister came back from hearing Jesus speak. It was up north of here, up near the Sea of Galilee, a two, three-day journey. And there was these huge crowds that surrounded Jesus. My sister, they circled around Jesus, and my sister was way in the back with the other women. And when Jesus spoke, it was as if Jesus was speaking to her and to her alone. Looking into her eyes, looking into her heart, maybe even looking into her soul. Jesus, uh, my sister said that when Jesus spoke to folks, it was as if they knew them before Jesus met them. My sister said Jesus spoke with authority, with shmika, the Jews would say, and truth, not like some of the religious leaders around here. And the words, the teachings that Jesus taught, they were simple. At least the words were simple. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart and soul and strength and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. But they were inside out, upside down too. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. 
Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness. But they were crazy talk as well. Jesus said, you want to come follow me? You want to come after me? You got to deny yourself. You got to sacrifice and take up your cross. Then you can follow me. Foolish talk, if you ask me. Anybody would want to strap one of these things on their back. My sister said she didn't see any miracles that day, but she heard about them. I've heard about them too. There was in the middle of nowhere the feeding of 5,000 men, plus women, plus children. They had a basket full of food. That's it. And Jesus blessed it. And then they, they distributed it to the, to the crowd. And they were filled, their stomachs and their hearts. And there were leftovers. And then there was a paralyzed man. Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And the paralyzed man, since birth, gets up, picks up his mat and walks. <laughs> and then there was a blind man. Jesus spits into, into some dirt, makes some mud with saliva, puts it on his eyes, and then tells the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The man goes and washes and can see. And then one of my favorite stories. Jesus is crossing the Sea of Galilee with his men. There's a couple, three boats. Jesus is in the back of one of the boats. He's asleep in the back. And this storm comes up with wind and waves and rain. And the, these fishermen who have been fishing this lake all their lives, they fear for their lives. Their boats are going to be swamped. They, they, they wake Jesus. Jesus, teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. Jesus gets up and speaks to the storm. Be still. And the storm listens. It goes from complete chaos to dead calm. And there were other stories, too. My sister has not stopped talking about these stories, about Jesus. But it was the look on her face, the look in her eye. She was changed after she met and encountered Jesus. It was as if she found hope, a reason to live, a purpose. You would have thought she looked into the face of God. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Claiming to be God. Some people say that Jesus is God or the Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah. I yearn for something like that. I yearn for a God. There's something missing I know in my life. But what kind of God would love a scum of the earth, bottom of the bottom, worst of the worst, cross builder like me? Well, I'm not a Jew, I'm not a Hebrew, but I've grown up with them. I've come to admire them, respect them, and they believe in a God. And they believe that their God is righteous and filled with goodness and kindness and love and mercy and grace. And they believe that their God is holy and set apart. And the Jews believe that perfect blood must be sacrificed for the forgiveness of their sins. You know, to make them right with their God. Every year, about this time, in fact, this week, Jews from across the land come to this city, Jerusalem, and they bring with them their most perfect, unblemished lambs. And they come through the city wall, they come through those city gates, and they walk through the streets of Jerusalem, and they come to the, to the temple, and they present those perfect, unblemished lambs to the high priest. And then the high priest inspects those lambs, and if he finds them to be spotless, if he finds them to be perfect and unblemished, he sacrifices those lambs. 
And the Jews believe that the blood from those lambs will cleanse their sin, will wash away their sin, will forgive their sin for an entire year. I've heard people say that um, Jesus is the Lamb of God, the human Lamb of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Some folks say that Jesus' blood must be shed, that he must be sacrificed so the sins of the world can be forgiven forever. Now, do I believe that? I don't know. But I would like to. Because if it's not true and there is a God, I know I'm going straight to hell. But if it is true, if it is true, maybe there's hope for the likes of me. A scum of the earth, bottom of the bottom, gutter of society, broken, knucklehead, sinner. Maybe there's hope for the likes of me. And maybe some of you too. Let me tell you something. And don't you laugh at me. Don't you make fun of me. And don't you tell anyone I told you these things because they'll crucify me for spreading these lies. But Jesus claims... He claims that he must be crucified at the hands of the chief priests and the elders and the teachers of the law. Jesus says that he must die. And here's where the story gets crazy. Jesus says on the third day he will rise again. That after being dead for three days, he will come back to life. Jesus says the tomb, the grave, will not hold him. Mark my words. When Jesus is crucified, he will be dead. He will die on that cross. And then they'll take his body off the cross and they'll place it into a tomb and they'll close up that tomb and they'll put a Roman seal over that that tomb that no man can break. A Roman soldier will guard that tomb, will guard that seal with their lives. Yet Jesus says the tomb will not hold him. The grave will not hold him. Mark my words, no one survives a Roman cross. I've been doing this job for 20 years now. I've seen hundreds of criminals crucified, and there's one thing in common with all of them. They all die. It is slow, it is bloody, it is brutally painful, but it is sure death. Then, according to Roman law, two coroners will inspect Jesus' lifeless body after he's crucified. And they will sign the death certificate. And according to Roman law, if they make a mistake, they're going to be crucified upside down. No, mark my word, when Jesus comes off that cross, he will be dead. And that will be Friday, Friday night. And then there's Saturday. And then there's Sunday. And if what Jesus claims is not true, the story of Jesus, the the legend of Jesus It'll disappear in five years, ten years tops. No one will remember this Jesus. Be like dust in the wind. But if it's true, if what Jesus claims is true, that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that the tomb, the grave will not hold him, that changes everything. It changes everything. This day, this will be a day that the world will never forget. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be here come Sunday. Because I need to see it with my own eyes. 
I need to see it for myself. This Jesus, he brought life into the world. He brought hope into the world. Maybe he brought it for me and maybe some of you too. No, I'm coming back. I'm coming back on Sunday. Maybe I'll see some of you guys here too. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him. And with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. This is the gospel, the story of our Lord.